1: Hello, and welcome to Let's Talk
2: Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Nancy Oswald-Jackson. And I'm Shannon Penrod, and thrilled to be here with Nancy. It looks like we're going to two separate events, though. It looks like I'm going to do laundry, and you're going out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just (laughs) put on this little faux fur vest
2: because I was freezing in my house. My house is cold, too. It is just colder than you know what uh, here in Los Angeles right now. Which you know everybody else is having blizzards, so they're right. like, "What are what you talking about?" Because it's I know we're so degrees tell, here.
1: Tell that to people in Buffalo
2: that we're cold, right? I know it's crazy, but there's no insulation in our houses, so just one wind that sixty degrees goes right through right through your bones. So, right, okay. my
1: bed, my bedroom is right next to the garage, and it's
2: permanently in a state of cold, and then in the summer hot, so. Well, our house that we rent was built in the 40s. And then in the 80s, it was just a little house, right? Uh And in the 80s, the owners decided to put a second floor in, which is great. That's where all our bedrooms are. But the heat is now on the second floor. So the first floor, I I broke down and bought one of those ceramic heaters, which has changed our lives because I thought I was going to be a popsicle. I need to Um, do that too. Oh, it's so it was so worth it. And it has like a, a, a turn off switch so that if it tips over, right. if the dog tips it over because, you know, I'm, I'm frightened of those things. But um, but man, it makes but still I'm cold today because it's just too, too, too cold. Uh, but we got a big show here today, Nancy. I'm very excited about our guests today. Uh, we've got Kirk. Herbertson, which is just an amazing name who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. He is a wonderful, very articulate self-advocate who is such a a mover and shaker in his community. He's going to be talking with us. He's someone who made a decision to run for his county school board and won. Um, So we want to talk to him about that and other things that he does in the community and what he's got going on right now. And then for our Autism Family Portraits, we have our dear friend, who's been a friend of the show forever, Carrie Mallory Thompson from uh, Autism Will Not Define My Son. Boy, I, you were saying before we came on the air, Nancy, you were like, "What a go-getter! What a mover and a shaker!" She, yeah, is. amazing, amazing story. And her, for those, her of bio you...
1: makes me feel like quite the slacker.
2: <laughs> I know, it makes me feel that way too. I'm like, well, what have what have I been doing with my time? I've right. not even, but. Um, For those of you kiddos that are non-verbal, you really want to be here to hear what Carrie has to say because she has some pretty exciting news about her son. So all of that plus some news stories.
1: Yes, let's jump right into those, Shannon. Uh, Something out of page six, the tabloid, Bachelor alumni, um, Demi Burnett reveals she's been diagnosed with autism. Now, I don't watch The Bachelor, but... um, this young woman, Demi um, Burnett, quite beautiful, and yep. said that um, she's been diagnosed with autism and revealed the news via Instagram and said that she hopes people will look at it with an open mind.
2: There you go. Now, uh, I occasionally have watched The Bachelor, but I haven't in a long time. And of course, there was the whole season, which I did not see, where The Bachelor. I think he was someone who had been a bachelor, because sometimes you can be a bachelor on one thing, but then the next time you're chosen to be the bachelor, um, and and it was Colton. And correct me if I'm wrong, those of you who are big bachelor fans. And by the way, I want to give the notice that we are pre-taping this show. This is what we do now for Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. But I'm watching with you guys live. We pre-tape on Wednesday afternoon, and I watch with you live on Thursday. So write in and tell me if I've got this wrong, you guys. Um, and, and by the way, you can write in on whatever platform you're watching because the show is airing live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites, and it will be available as a podcast later. And you can even write in when it's a podcast, you can write in directly to me, Shannon at autism live.com. My understanding is that, and, and those of you who are part of bachelor nation, nation, please help me if I've got it wrong. Colton's episode. Uh, she was one of the the girls who was vying for Colton's attention. Yes, that's
1: that's correct, Shannon. And it says she starred on Colton Underwood season of The Bachelor in 2019. She returned to the franchise for season six and season seven of Bachelor in Paradise.
2: And on, and, and my additional understanding is that Colton eventually, even though he was trying to date all these bachelorettes, realized it wasn't happening for him and came out as being gay. Right. Uh, and there's a whole series about, I guess, uh, 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 like on Netflix about Colton and, you know, him accepting himself in terms of that way. But then Demi uh, went on Bachelor in Paradise and left engaged to a woman. Right, according to this, I didn't see any of it, but I'm like, apparently, I've missed a few things on Bachelor. Yes, it is not what it was when I was watching it. It
1: does um, say she became, uh, she made history with Christian Haggerty by becoming the first same-sex couple to ever get engaged on the show, but they called off their engagement in October of
2: 2019. But I think the thing that's really significant is that he, there was. A period of time after that that she was on social media and kind of was having a meltdown yeah she said
1: she was very honest very forthcoming about that um she said she was experiencing emotional breakdowns every few hours
2: yeah and um that i i I presume and and you know we don't want to presume too much but she now says i've gone for a psychi- psychiatric evaluation, and that she has been diagnosed with autism, and that maybe that played a role in some of what was going on for her when she was having the meltdown. So, um, you know, she has said that she's gonna talk more about this in the future. We just wanna open the door for her if she wants to come and talk about it here. Uh, she has asked for openness and acceptance, and we absolutely are about that. Um, so just want to put it out to her that if she wants to place a forum in which to talk about it, we are here. We certainly will give her that. And there is the potential for her to be a role model model for other young women who are feeling, you know, whatever it is that they're feeling or feeling like maybe they can't cope and wondering why that might be and wanting to get a tool set uh, to deal with that. She does say that in her statement, uh, she makes a statement about how stigmatizing an autism diagnosis can be. I'm hoping that as she becomes more in the community and learns more that she will have a message about that and why no one should be stigmatizing, it or her. So that's what my hope is. Me too. Uh, uh, should we move on to the, the yes, story the, of the next day? story, which is not a good one. Everybody, um, in your seatbelts because it's ugly and it gets uglier.
1: Yes, an Indiana mom who authorities said drove to Ohio uh, to abandon her five-year-old autistic son has been arrested on a separate uh, warrant. But she is from Indiana. Crime. Did take her five-year-old son and left him on a busy street where he apparently flagged down cars and was picked up. Um, and she was yeah. arrested
2: after that. So, the the backstory on this appears to be, and every day we get a little bit more information, it seems that both mom and dad, according to dad, they both have had substance abuse issues. Uh, dad, earlier this month, was arrested and put in jail. And mom was home with three kids and, you know, we don't know uh, what substance, he alleges that she has a substance abuse problem, but we know that she took the two older children and drove them to a friend's house and that was quite a ways away, dropped them off, seemed to be in great distress and was very upset and said, you know, just take them, don't ask questions, and I'll come back for them hopefully in a couple of days, and drove away. There was no discussion about where was the third child, who was he with, because she had already dumped him, a five-year-old, a nonverbal 5 five-year-old, on the side of a busy street in the rain in another state. Mm It's like, you know, there... Now, now they've, uh, they've words have come out for her. She's cried and says how badly she feels that she left all, she said, originally she said she left all of the children for, the, for their own good because she wanted to save them from being with her. Since that, somebody apparently has talked to her and said that's maybe not a good choice to say. And so now she's alleging that she didn't, you know, didn't mean to drop someone off in, a, in another state. I don't think there's any way that we could possibly say anything other than clearly there is severe mental illness here. Um, and that this, I, I pray for this little boy and that he get the help gets the help that he needs. Um, I don't even know what to say about this mother, Nancy. I know
1: it's really a very ugly situation. um, We can only hope that this child, you know, I'm sure he's in social services at this point, so can only hope what, you know, that he's going to
2: be okay. And I also want to give a shout out. uh, There were people who saw this little boy on the side of the road in the rain as it was getting dark, trying to flag down cars. And they pulled over and, you know, called authorities. And it just so happened that, the next state over, the mom then on an unrelated charge was stopped about something else that didn't have to do with this and they started putting all of the, the cues together. So she's behind bars right now, as is dad, and we will see what happens. But this poor, poor little boy, um, my heart just absolutely bleeds. And I also wanna take this opportunity to say, we say this on a regular basis, Nancy, If you are in a circumstance where you are not able to take care of your child, if you begin to have thoughts that your child would be better off without you, I wish there was something, you know how in, in, um, like fire stations, they have a safe drop off for babies where you you drop off the, the baby and you ring the bell and you walk away and there's no repercussions. I wish we would have that for people who have children, teens, and adults on the spectrum. I know. I agree. If you can't do it, like, uh, like we can talk about all of that, but if you can't do it, I, I want to ask you to please give your child to someone who can. Right. And if you could find the way to do that for two, why didn't you do it for that child? Exactly. That's that's my thing. That's the thing that I have the hardest time with. Um. Anyway, you I, I overtalked you, Nancy. Anything you want to say?
1: No, just it's a tragedy, and we'll have to see what uh, how this story unfolds. Um, yeah. I'm sure the children will end up with other parents, hopefully. Yeah. Um, the next story is a research story, and um, it's out of uh, Washington University.
2: Yes, which does a lot of cutting edge research, I gotta say. About oh, do Audrey. they? I, I wasn't they aware. Really of that. Knew, and Washington University is in St. Louis, which sounds weird, but they like we've covered a lot of different things they do, and they're always looking at things in a very different way. Um, but and this is different, this is very different. In fact, it's the very first time in the world that um, that this particular study is being done in this way about this gene uh, difference that this young man has.
1: So, yes, they're taking, the young man is called, his name, Jake Litvag. Uh, He they say he's funny, charming, and social. And um, his autism is what's inspiring the researchers and he has a mutation of the MYTIL gene. And the researchers have bred mice and grew stem cells derived from Jake's blood to look for answers yes. with a larger problem
2: of autism. So my understanding is, is that they're, they're taking samples from Jake and that Jake is aware of what's happening and participating and choosing to participate. And his family very much chose to participate. And they are creating uh, outside of Jake, first a mouse model and then a brain model, and then, you know, doing variables because as they say in this article, uh, you know, they can't go back to when Jake was young and see how his genes express themselves, but they can put those genes into a mouse model and take a look and that they're going back and forth from this model of of his brain that they're making outside of him and the mice and they're going back and forth to look and they're saying that looking at this particular gene deletion of autism in this way never been done before and while it probably won't show any benefits for jake in his lifetime that it could it actually could be of huge benefit to anybody who comes after him who shares this same gene mutation? What I found is interesting is that the parents uh, were told that you know gene studies might be helpful for him, and but but they needed to raise seventy five thousand dollars. And Nancy, I don't know very many people who would have been like, yeah, you know, it may not actually help our kid, but it will help others. Yeah, let's. They did fundraising. They did a bunch of different things to try to raise the seventy five thousand dollars. And when they did raise the seventy-five thousand dollars, it caught the attention of the National Institutes for Health, who gave them four million dollars to do this study.
1: Yeah, amazing. Isn't that
2: crazy? It's yeah,
1: it's selfless parents that they did this for others to, you know, look at maybe things that can unlock autism for others.
2: Four million dollar grant. So absolutely amazing. We want to congratulate the family and we want to congratulate Jake uh, for being a part of this. It seems like that, you know, he's an active participant in it and that he's enjoying uh, the, the process and, and looking to see what happens with the mice. Uh, I, think, um, I, I think it's a pretty uh, uh, amazing study and we wish them all well. And we can't wait to hear what they learn. Yeah. Wonderful. So, Nancy, I I don't know. I want to look quick and see if our first guest is here. It looks like he is. Do you want to go ahead and introduce him? Yes, I'd love to introduce him. We have with us now Kirk
1: Herbertson, uh, who is an eloquent self-advocate. Kirk is a volunteer contributor of photos for the Lincoln Herald. We'll have to find out where that is. In 2017, he decided to run for the local school board and won. He served four years working to help improve education for students in the county, and he's busy with a lot of things. He's very active in the community. He's a clown, he's a musician. He plays the organ for the church. He acts in local theater. Talk about making me feel like a slacker, Kurt. All right, (laughs) welcome to the show, Kurt.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Where are you from, Kurt? Tell us where you're from.
0: I'm from Lincolnton, North Carolina.
1: I was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Kurt.
0: That's cool.
1: How far is Lincolnton from uh, Winston?
0: I'd say about three, three hours from here. OK,
2: got it, got it. Well, welcome okay. to the show. Kurt, yeah. by the time you're done talking, Nancy's going to revert back to her southern accent. That's right. I'll be talking. I'll be saying y'all oh, wow. and your mom and your daddy. So Kirk, talk to us a little bit. You, I understand that you were 37 years old before you were diagnosed and that you were diagnosed as Asperger's syndrome. Correct. That's correct. Tell us a little Um, bit about what kinds of things led to you going and seeking out the diagnosis at 37. What was going on in your life?
0: Well, what was going on, what was going on was there was a um, counselor that I had that, and his name is Ed Dawson. He lives in Lexington. And Ed um, was, um, you know, had counseled me when we lived in Franklin, North Carolina. So he called my parents one day and he said he has a client that, you know, had, was similar to me. So he told them that um, I should get tested by Teach. So I did, and they had me tested, and, you know, the diagnosis fit. It was autism.
2: There you go.
1: Had you uh, expected, Kirk, throughout your life that you might be on the spectrum?
0: Well, when I was young, it was like ADD, ADHD, um, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Minimal brain dysfunction was one of the words they used, all that sort of stuff, and, they never really knew I was, um, you know, all autistic then, but, um, you know, one of my kindergarten garden teachers had uh, told my parents to have me tested at Ladson when I was young and all that. And, you know, I, it, I guess I just slipped through the cracks back then, but, you know, at 37, you know, it was when I got diagnosed.
2: Did getting the diagnosis, did that change anything for you? Was it helpful?
0: Oh, yes. Get- it was very helpful. Yeah. What,
2: in what way? What What happened as a result of getting the diagnosis, Kirk?
0: We understood more what I was like, you know, and and the things that were going on with me. Why I was the way I was, you know. <laughs> yeah. So.
2: But then eventually you decided that you were going to run for the school board. Talk to us about that. What made you decide to do that?
0: Well, because um, I am autistic and the reason I decided to run is I have a heart for special needs students. I mean, not only autistic, but, you know, um, the ADD, the ADHD children, the cerebral palsy, whatever, you know, I have a heart for special needs. And so I decided to run to be a voice for them and be an advocate for them, you know. So that's the reason I won. I mean, I I mean, the reason I, I ran.
1: And you won and you ended up spending 4 years on the school board what was Correct. that experience like Correct. Now, what was that experience
0: like for you oh gosh that was a wonderful experience i got to go in and visit the different schools the different um, ec classes um, and all that sort of stuff it was great. it was great
2: 4 years of doing that kirk tell us a little bit about your life because uh, we understand that you are just a lot that you I hear that you're a clown, that you do, you're a clown at birthday parties now after being afraid of clowns as a kid. Nancy was saying before that you act in local theater, you play the organ for your church. What's, what's your life like? What do you spend your time doing?
0: Oh gosh. I'm, I'm also a photographer with the Lincoln Herald, um, dot net, which is an online newspaper. Um, and you know, this is all volunteer work. Um. Now the church does pay me a little bit on the side, you know, but, um, uh, but, you know, the rest of it's all volunteer, you know, to give back to the community for what I'm getting, you know, <laughs> um, but I take pictures for lincolnherald.net, which is like I said, an online newspaper. And that's so I have a press pass and I get to go to different events and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do clowning for birthday parties. Um,
2: What's your clown uh, name?
0: Lampy the Clown.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, and,
0: at, and the, the church I play organ for is Ironton Presbyterian Church in Iron Station, which is um, right here near Lincolnton.
2: Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love all these things. Uh, now, you got a lot of attention when you ran for the school board, and uh, and people realized what an amazing speaker you are and an advocate. And I understand, I've seen some of the clip of, you got asked to be the keynote uh, speaker at the Autism Society of North Carolina.
0: Correct.
2: Uh, that had to have been a pretty uh, exciting time.
0: That was. It was very exciting for me. Yep.
2: Well maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you, what advice or what do you want parents of individuals on the spectrum to know? What advice do you have for us?
0: Well, the advice that I have for you is, um, you know, get an early diagnosis and, um, and it's, you know, because it's a relief to get a early diagnosis and, um, you know, don't be ashamed of who you are because you're unique. Um, you know, be, and there's there's three ways to be uh, awesome. Um, you can stop worrying what other people think and instead try to live in accordance with what, um, instead of trying to live in accordance with what other people's expectations are, Live in accordance with your values. Uh, be authentically you. Be awesome—the the awesome, quirky person you are. Belonging comes from being yourself and finding people who you love, um, the, who love you the way that you are, not from pretending to be someone else. Do what do what you love. Uh, pursue your passions. You know, whether it's photography. Uh, music, clowning, whatever you know, um, you know it's it's just a, a lot of different things. You know, have um, have a support system too. I I have a great support system. My parents, friends in the community. I mean, there are awesome people. Um, don't let the naysayers, you know, have the final um, say, you know, because it's easy to listen to the negatives and give up, but don't give up. Um, you know, um, do what makes you happy. Like I said, you know, get, get and find the right, uh, circumstances for your needs. I mean, find out what kind of learner you are. Um, I'm, I was an. um, Oh gosh, I I had to listen, you know, to things like uh, audio taped and read, you know, that. So I was a auditory learner, you know. So find out what kind of learner you are, and um, those those are just what a a few of the things, you know.
1: I I all very. All very wise words,
2: Kurt. We
0: appreciate that. Your parents uh,
2: must be very proud of you.
0: They are. They are. They're. They are both um, dead now. But um, mom died in mom died in 2019 of Alzheimer's disease, and my dad just died in October of 2000. And, I mean, 2021 uh, from COVID. So our,
1: our condolences on that. Part.
0: But I do have a sister and my brother-in-law and they are um, still support me and are very proud of me and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So
1: any plans for the future that you want to tell us about?
0: Um. The only plans for the future is when the uh, seat comes back up in 2024. Since I uh, loved being on the school board, I plan to run again. You know, I, I don't have anything against the lady who's in the seat right now. But, you know, I I just miss being on the school board. I want to be on the school board again. So, you know, I'll, I'm planning to run again.
1: All well, right. Good luck to you with that, Lee. I'm sure you have a great chance considering the wonderful job you did
2: before.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you
2: so much for being with us, Kirk. And we look forward to hearing about news when you're running again. Okay.
0: All right. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Thank you. you, Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. My face hurts from smiling so long. What an inspiration (laughs) he is. What a delightful, delightful man he is. And I'm sure that every school board could use a Kirk. Absolutely. Uh, my goodness. So our next guest, and uh, we're just like, we're actually like a minute early. I didn't realize. Uh, I don't know if she's here yet. But um, Carrie. let's talk a little bit about Carrie Mallory Now let's Thompson. talk about this woman's accomplishment, Shannon. Uh, because um, she's amazing.
1: Yes. Carrie Mallory Thompson. Uh, Kirk made me feel like a slacker, now Carrie's really going to make me feel like one. She's a single mom whose autism journey started in 2012 when her son Connor was diagnosed at 2. For the past 10 years, she's been documenting their autism journey on social media. And she shares about everything that they are dealing with on a daily basis, Um, both good and bad. She believes knowledge is power. And for this reason, her autism journey is an open book so she can help educate others. Um, she has been very active in the community. She's do- donated countless hours. She started in 2012 by serving on the WALK committees for Autism Speaks. And along with a mother, another mom, she formed a local autism advocacy organization called Arizona Autism Network of the West Valley, otherwise known as AZA Now where she served as president. Um, and that was, um, I believe, uh, morphed into another organization. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, in 2018, uh, yeah. Blended into the autism society of greater Phoenix. And, uh, she also does a sensitive Santa event. Yes. Community that she organized and, uh, this will be her eighth year organizing the event in the 15th year of the actual event. Um, and um, in addition to serving on the autism community, she is the PTA president at Connor's school.
2: Of course, because she would be all the... And I want to say that Carrie is, I would say, the first person that went from being someone who watched the show to being someone that I consider a part of my life and a friend, um, that Carrie is, you know, she's one of those people who always is going to go the extra mile. And I have to give her credit. Um, because you know, me, Nancy, I'm somebody who stays at home and never goes anywhere. And that was before COVID that like to get me out of the house and go someplace is a little bit of a challenge. I'm a, I'm very much a homebody. Um, But so it's, so when you see me out, it's like there was an effort and it's got to be something relatively important. And it was last, I guess it was last June. I want to say that, um, Carrie comes to Los Angeles on a pretty regular basis. And, um, I've seen her a couple of times when she's come here and she came once and was on the show in the studio once before, but then she came last year after you know we had been through all the seclusion and vaccinated and everything and said i'm coming uh do you want to come and see me and my son uh her son uh connor and so i was and so we went and we saw them it was just brief it was just for a short period of time uh but we went and saw them And afterwards i was i was explaining to somebody and um and they were like wait a second like you you, Shannon, left your house and went and saw people out in public. (laughs) And they were like, I got to meet this woman. She's going to be someone that's like totally amazing because for you to have done that. And she is. Uh, Carrie is absolutely that person. I don't think that she realizes how much of a homebody I am and how I never go anywhere. Uh, Maybe she does now. But um, I do consider her a friend and I consider her and her son part of our family now, because that's how long we've known each other. And she was the, now there are, there are several people that we we've, we've become close with that started out on the, uh, either on the show or that we met them because they were watching the show. But I would say Carrie was absolutely the first. So all those things, uh, now she, I promise you, she doesn't disappoint and she's here now with us. So right. welcome, uh, Carrie Mallory Thompson back to the show.
3: Welcome Hello,
2: to hi. I am loving that background. I just have to—is <laughs> that like I, I have to ask? Knowing you, is that something you made? Did you just print that? No, <laughs> no, no, This is actually in our conference, one of our conference rooms at at my I, main job. So I kind of love it. And oh,
1: I forgot to mention, you work full time and you That's have a side true. business. Of course, you do.
2: And that side <laughs> business we've featured before on the show, Thamelu Creations. In fact we've, we've featured that side business, um, on our toy and gift guide before mm-hmm. and that you have some plans for that. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about any of that yet, but, uh, do you want to talk about what your hope is for that side business or are we, is it too early to talk about that? That oh, wasn't no, no. on the list of topics, but <laughs> do you want to talk about it?
3: Yeah, we can talk about it. Um, so we started the business, uh, mainly just to have fun and kind of make some extra money for us to, be able to go because uh, Pam, my best friend, she lives in California. They're in the Los Angeles area. And I live in Phoenix. So, you know, traveling and gas and all that kind of stuff gets expensive. So, we were trying to find a way to make it work. So, we're like, well, hey, let's do this. And, you know, I got the creative part and you can do the bookkeeping and the social media and all that kind of stuff. So, um, as we kind of got into it, you know, she's got a daughter on the spectrum. I've got my son on the spectrum. We're like, hmm, You know, let's do something that gets them involved. And then as I'm doing things, Connor wants to help. So I'm like the wheel started turning. And with Pam being a BCBA, she's like, well, I can write the program and we can teach people how to, you know, do jobs and job skills and, you know, associate with the community and, you know, do all this kind of stuff. So then our long term goal right now is to one, have a job, a a business built for our kids but long-term um, is to also have a, a business in which we can employ others on the spectrum, get them the life skills and the independence that they need.
1: You gotta, great. Love a great, you gotta love it. What a great effort. Now, Carrie, you're here as part of our autism family Portrait, So we wanna talk about your journey with your son, Connor. I understand mm-hmm. he was diagnosed it too. Can you tell us about that?
3: Yes. <laughs> um, when he was 18 months, he wasn't talking. He was walking on his toes, you know, all the normal cliche, you know, things that you see. Um, I took him to the doctor and he said at the time, the doctor said, well, you know, he's only 18 months. Let's wait until he's two and see what happens. And you know, as time progressed, I realized that that six months was, um, was probably one of the biggest mistakes I made was waiting that six month period. So when he was two, uh, we took him in again and we had him uh, just for his well, his regular two-year well checkup. And they said, okay, well, let's get his eyes checked, his ears checked, and let's get him in with the developmental pediatrician to see what they say. So we then took him in a um, little after his second birthday and got all of his eyes checked, his ears checked. That was not fun because of his sensory issues. And I didn't know what was going on. You know, I just knew that he was scared So then we took him to the developmental pediatrician, and he was in a room. I was behind a a glass window, a a two-way window. There was three people in the room doing various testing with him. But to me, it looked like play. I didn't know what I was looking for. I mean, they were playing with balloons and blocks and all kinds of stuff. Well, in this room that I was in, there was four additional people that were observing what was going on in the room. I was like, this is intense, you know? And um, after about three hours of that, the the main doctor, he came back in and he goes, well, um, we've done an evaluation. We're going to give you a full write-up, which he ended up giving us a 32 page report of everything. I mean, everybody had their own notes and all kinds of stuff. But he goes, basically, we're going to put him down as at risk for autism. And he said, "Um, you know, that's going to get you in the door with the state services, which it did. And um, I immediately went and crawled under a cover <laughs> and cried for a couple of days. So, um, one of the packets that he gave me had a slip in there for Autism Speaks. And at the time, I didn't know what I was looking for, you know. So, I'm looking through this packet of stuff and I, I go and I start signing up for this and to get this information and that information. And out of the blue, um, the Arizona director for the walk. Um, Her name was Amy Hummel, she called me. And I don't normally answer the phone for phone numbers that I don't know, but for some reason I did, and it was Amy. And she said, hey, I just saw that you signed up for the walk and, you know, I just want to see if you had any questions. And I ended up talking to her for almost an hour. If not for that phone call, I would probably still be under my covers right now Um, because I didn't know what I was going to do, you know, nothing. But Amy was the spark that I needed. And ever since I hung up
2: that phone, I've, I haven't stopped. And boy, isn't that the truth? Because we went through even just a part of your resume, which is extensive. <clears throat> you don't stop. You're like <coughs> the energizer bunny to the point where I worry about you. <laughs> because like you are like <coughs> you're a force woman, um, a, a real force, but a force for good. I just want you to take care of yourself. But talk to us a little bit about uh, Autism Will Not Define My Son, how you started that and, and what it is and how can can follow you. You're okay. Do you need a drink?
3: Yeah. No, I'm good. I hope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, right. So when he was first diagnosed and they told me that, you know, hey, you know, he's at risk for autism. That was the first time that I had heard that. Uh, and I went home and the first thing <clears throat> that my family said was, don't let them put a label on him. And I was like, you know, I don't care what label they put on. him. I don't care what they call him. As long as he can get in with the state and get the services that he needs and the help that he needs. So from that point on, um, I was like, how am I going to keep everybody in the loop of what's going on? I've got, you know, people here, <clears throat> excuse me, I've, um, you know, how am I going to keep everybody involved? At the time, Facebook groups wasn't an option and it didn't exist. So I was like, well, let's start this page. So I started Autism will not define my son. So at the time, I was like, well, he can have the label of autism, but it's not going to define who he is. You know, he's going to define who he is when he's ready to do that. So that's what started the page, and I mainly started it just to keep the family involved.
2: But you have so many people who participate, um, Carrie, I you know, You do a live feed and and you get more people live than we do when we, when we're live. (laughs) I mean, because you keep it very real and, and it's, and it's really interesting. In fact, you, uh, one of the things that I always tune in whenever I can, um, Connor likes to cook and you, and you do cooking with Connor, uh, tell people about what you do and how you do it and when people can check and where people can check that out.
3: Well, we I mean, he's been cooking for years, um, even if it's just something as simple as, you know, making a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which he won't eat. But, you know, we work on the, the spreading skills and all that kind of stuff. But he likes to cook. Um, he would prefer his iPad. You know, he would prefer his Switch games, but he does like to cook. And um, excuse me.
2: If you want to take sure. a break to get water, we'll we'll happily take a break, and, and Nancy and I will say Absolutely. nice things about it while, while you get a drink.
3: Okay, one second.
2: <laughs> right, right. Okay, no Two problem. Um, but, Nancy, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to watch some of the cooking segments. It's so much fun to watch Connor, and sometimes he has some of his friends there. Oh, that's um, great. I'll have to check that out. Um, I, I actually think Wyatt would really enjoy it, too, because I know Wyatt enjoys cooking, too. Yeah, Wyatt likes to cook. And we actually
1: have that. I'm going to talk to his uh, in clinic tomorrow. I'm going to talk to them about doing the cooking program because years ago we used to bake and cook and we kind of stopped. And I want him to yeah. be more su- self-sufficient at that.
2: I actually think that Wyatt would enjoy watching Connor and I think other people, if you're watching and, and you know, you want role models for your kiddos, watching Connor cook is really beneficial for them, but you'll also see how Carrie does it, which I think is really educational too, Carrie.
3: Well, thank you. So we first started with baking because he likes to decorate things, whether it's cookies or cupcakes, he won't eat them. He's not a sweets kid. Um, okay, but he likes lucky. to decorate them yeah um but he likes to mix and you know do all the stuff with that so that's kind of where we started and then it kind of evolved into okay well you're gonna need to learn how to cook for yourself so then we started um, grilled cheese sandwiches and pancakes i think was probably the first thing that he kind of mastered and even flipping you know he loves doing that so he now makes hamburgers on the griddle he'll make um, spaghetti i mean you name it this kid can make it um, when we were sick with COVID at the beginning of December, he was 100% on his own, making all of his meals. Granted, they were frozen, but he was putting stuff in the toaster oven. He was, I would look over and, you know, bundled up in my blanket, I would lo- look over and I mean, he's got the pot holders and he's pulling it out of the thing. And I was like, that's my baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> and how old but, is yeah. Connor? Nancy asked me before and I was like, ah, I I I is how old is he? I didn't want to guess because I guessed and I was like, I don't, I could be really really wrong. He just turned
3: 12 in December.
2: Okay. Okay. So I was like, he's either, I I said he's either about to be 13 or he just turned 12. So I wasn't that wrong. Okay.
3: He just turned 12 in December. Now let's go back, Carrie.
1: Connor was nonverbal uh, until what year of age and how, and you refused to believe that he would stay nonverbal. Can you tell us about
3: that? Well, it was actually just this past summer um, that all of his speech therapists got together and they all agreed that, yes, they can confirm that <clears throat> he's no longer considered nonverbal, but he's got um, a severe speech delay. Okay. <clears throat> so that was huge for our team, huge. What advice do you have for parents that with nonverbal children? Uh, do you have any advice for them? Um, don't give up, first of all. Um, don't underestimate your kids because they're smarter than you think. That's for darn sure. Um, But my motivation was I asked one of his speech therapists at the time uh, when he was probably, uh, I don't know, five. It was before he was diagnosed with apraxia. And I said, do you think he's ever going to talk? And her response to me was, I don't think he'll ever have a meaningful conversation with you like you and I are having. But i think he'll be able to express his wants and his needs and i'm like oh no Mm-mm. that no it's not happening so at the time he was only he had just gone from pecs to using an ipad um, and using the touch chat, uh, touch chat program and i was like no he's he's gonna find other ways so so that was the spark that i needed because we then put him with um sign language we started him with basic sign language we forced reading and writing even more so than what we were doing before. <clears throat> and then that kind of progressed into him typing and not using the PECs with the touch, touch, touch chat program, but using the actual keyboard on the iPad and typing what he was wanting. So once we knew what he was trying to tell us, then we could verbalize it to him. And then we had him verbalize it back to us. But when he was struggling, just trying to communicate and tell us what he was wanting and what he was needing, we were having a hard time. Now he's at the point where 90% of what, you, what the immediate people around him can, can understand. When we can't understand him, we tell him to go get his iPad and he gets mad. He's like, I don't want to use my iPad. I want you to understand what I'm saying and use, you know listen to my mouth and listen to my words. So <clears throat> um, it was a struggle. For a while um seeing him struggle and just watching the tears build up in his eyes you know when he, he knew what he was trying to say and you knew that he knew what he was trying to say and he just it just wouldn't come out that was probably the hardest thing for me was was to watch
2: that yeah, when, if you watch videos of connor um it, it is he's just such a sweet soul but he he is also someone that you see the frustration. You he is so clear that it's like he knows what he wants, and he gets frustrated when. Uh, and of course, I haven't I haven't seen him now since last summer. Um, uh, it, it is heartbreaking to think that there are families out there who have been told, "Well, you might as well give up because your child has apraxia." And I think that you are someone that everybody needs to follow because you have been really at the forefront of this. You and a handful of other mothers who have said, no, I'm not accepting that. I think you're changing the face of apraxia, Carrie.
3: Well, I hope so because it's, it's just a diagnosis, it's just another label. You know, um, they have to, people have to find different ways to teach because all of our kids are different. You know, they're all going to learn differently. They all understand things differently. You could say blue when it's actually purple, you know, but it's still in the same color combination. Um, He was sick. Well, he's still sick. He's got a nasty cough, but um, I started giving him some cough medicine just to try and get rid of that. And for years, he would only take medicine out of a syringe for years. This past year, he started using the little cup that comes with the medicine now. Well, when he got sick, just after COVID and um, a couple of weeks ago, when I tried to give him cough medicine, he, he was, he would, he would get sick, same resort. He would gag and throw up and that kind of thing. And I was like, Hmm. Okay. Well we use the syringe before now we go to the cup. Maybe we go back to the syringe. So we did. And he took the cough syrup, no problems whatsoever. So it's always, it's, it's just in finding a different method and a different way to teach and to communicate with them. They're trying to find different ways to communicate with us. We need to find
2: different ways to teach and communicate that to them. Amen to that. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question about you know you've talked about a couple of different things you've done. Talk to us a little bit about the interventions that you've used because I imagine that there are people who are watching right now carrie that they're pretty new to this, and they're hearing your story and they want to know what what interventions have you tried what what worked what was helpful
3: um oh, we've tried. Almost everything. <laughs> um, we well, we started with developmental therapy, occupational, physical, speech, all that kind of stuff, the normal things, um, and then we started ABA as well. He's had some amazing therapists. His his dream team is awesome. Having having a therapy team um, is crucial to anything. Um, you know, with the ABA therapy that he's done, he's had everything from you know, aggression to wandering, to elopement, um, inappropriate hitting, that kind of thing. And we've used everything from um, reinforcements to functional communication training, extinction, you know, all kinds of different ABA type therapies. And and for the most part, they're working. I mean, right now he still gets a little bit, um, shows some aggression when there's some speech issues and he still can't, you know, get his point across. If you tell him no and he's got to give the iPad back without a warning, he shows some regression. But I would probably say almost all of the therapies that we've that we've done have affected him in a positive way.
1: Right. So you encourage parents to try mm-hmm. a little bit of everything, I would imagine.
3: Yeah. You know, whatever works. I mean, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you find a therapy that works, you find a therapy that doesn't work, but it's all in my opinion, it's all on the therapist too. Right. There's good ABA and there's bad ABA. I, you know, being, you know, who I am and, and what I've seen here in the Valley and in Phoenix, I've seen a lot of bad ABA. I'm so grateful that Connor's never had to experience that. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't had to experience any negative therapy, nothing. I mean, his dream team from the get go has, has been amazing.
2: That's amazing. Thank you, Carrie, for sharing your journey. I, absolutely, I got a couple of more questions here, Nancy. You—you um, you are a single parent. This is a its very own particular thing, Carrie. What advice? I mean, look at all the things that you're doing, and you're a single parent. What advice do you have for the single parents who are going it alone? <laughs>
3: um, know that you're not the only one having to go through this by yourself. Um, you know, it happens. You know it's not the the journey that I had planned for us, but you know things happen, and sometimes they happen for for the better and you know this was a choice that I made, and i I think my son has progressed and is is better for the choice that I made but you have to have support, you can't do it by yourself and Shannon you know better than anybody that I have a hard time
2: with that concept um yes. but um, yes, because Carrie's going to try to lift the world on her own. <laughs> but, That's always your thing.
3: But the reality is I know that I can't do it by myself. Like I said, Connor has an amazing team. Connor's dream team has been there since the beginning. Um, I've got my family as support. My parents are still, you know, kicking and they help with all kinds of things. Is therapists help? Um you know, you you have to have friends and family around, and if they can't help physically, they can help, you know, talk you off the ledge sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I've I've called his former BCBA, who's also my best friend, who we started this business with and said, hey, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> I need some help, <laughs> you know? So just having somebody to call and pick you up off that bathroom floor, sometimes that's all you need. As much as
2: I think you try to do things on your own, Carrie, I also think you're somebody who is, I think you've done a better job of anybody that I'm aware of at like putting together a team and then adding people to the team. And I don't know anybody who is as persistent as you are at asking questions. I mean, you weren't going to, when you started watching the show, you weren't going to let it just, you weren't going to just be a viewer. You like persisted and and would ask me questions. And, and then, you know, you came to LA and said, Hey, can we have lunch? And you were persistent. So I was annoying. (laughs) No, no. You're the thing that Nancy always says. Nancy is the queen of saying, be a dog on a pork chop. And you are a dog on a pork chop. You don't, you don't let things you're, you're like, Hey, if you have information that maybe helped me, I want to talk to you um, you're, you're a mover and a shaker. No, I don't, I don't mean it at all as a negative. It's very much a compliment.
3: Well, I think any information that, for example, that you guys might have that Shannon, I've learned a lot from you in the past, you know, that any information that I get from somebody else is going to help somebody else down the road, you know, which is another reason why I've continued with, you know, the autism will not define my son page is, and continue to put stuff on it constantly is that I get comments and private messages from, you know, trolls, unfortunately, but I also get them from parents saying, you know what, you just helped me with the problem that I was having, or thank you for posting this because I was at my wit's end or something like that. That was not my anticipation when I had started that page. Again, it was just to keep family involved but it's starting to, you know, take traction and people are starting to learn from it and learn things. And, you know, like with the cooking with Connor, I hope maybe Wyatt can tune in one time and Mm -hmm. see something and say, you know, hey, you know, that's cool, I wanna do that. Or, you know, flip a burger a different way, whatever the case is.
2: Nancy, I've been hogging the questions. Did you wanna
3: ask a question?
2: Yeah, just
1: in hindsight, looking back, is there anything you would have done differently um, on this journey?
3: Um, I think the only thing I would have done differently is given myself a little bit more grace. Uh-huh. Because at the beginning of this, I, I, I tried to figure out exactly what it was that I did wrong. Right. You know, what caused this? What could I have done differently? Uh-huh. And now, you know, 10 years later, And ironically, February 10th was the 10-year mark of when he was diagnosed with being at risk. So, 10 years later, I'm now sitting here going, you know what, it's, I, I know it's not anything that I did. There's too much unknown, whether it's this or that or that or this or a combination of whatever, what caused it, it doesn't matter what caused the autism. Now we figure out how to make it work in our lives. As and how to make him successful. Such
1: important advice. I think oftentimes as parents, we don't give ourselves enough slack, enough credit. We don't show ourselves enough self love. We're constantly comparing and asking why instead of focusing on the positive. So that's great advice, Jerry.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but really quickly, what's been the hardest thing and what's been the most wonderful, the best thing on this journey? Um, I think the
3: hardest at the beginning was realizing that I had to do this alone and then realizing that I wasn't alone. But personally with him, I think, like I said before, was watching him try and struggle to tell me what it was he wanted to say and literally be this close to him and see the eyes well up with tears and not be able to understand what he wants. And you just want to say, baby, just tell me, you know, what's wrong. That That's probably, and sometimes still is the hardest. Um, I think probably on the other end of that, hearing that he's no longer considered nonverbal. You know, knowing that everything that we've gone through over the last 10 years and everything that, you know, he's gone through, I mean, he's... Fifty two hours a week, fifty-four hours a week at times, he was going through therapy, schools, all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's more than I put in sometimes in a work day. You know, and he's doing that with therapy and stuff. So just to see the progress that he's made and that's probably the the most rewarding.
2: Amazing. Right. And where follow you and find where, where do they need to go to for instance follow autism will not define my son?
3: Um on Facebook, just go um, autism will not define my son. I just started Instagram. I don't know why I didn't do that ten years ago, but you know, I didn't, but I know there's a lot of people jumping off of Facebook and I still want it to be uh, a source for them. Um, so we just started Instagram as well. but autism will not define my son on Facebook. Okay And Connor's cooking, where can we see that on the same page? that that is on Facebook as well. Uh, we actually I actually started a, a YouTube, channel for him years ago and haven't updated it in like five years and i just started doing that he had a a pampered chef party um last year over the summer when he earned like fifteen hundred dollars worth of free stuff so he's his kitchen is set we just you know we need to get over the sickness stuff so we can start getting some cooking with connor's scheduled but those will have on um on youtube and as well as his facebook page
1: okay great your Facebook I, page, um, Steven. Yes. Just put up your Facebook page.
2: So, Carrie, thank you so much for everything. That I've learned so much from you, and I continue to learn for you and, uh, and from you. And thank you for all that you do for the community. And we, I hope that Connor gets to feeling better. Me too. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah best thank to you for all that you guys that to do. To do. Well, um, and and we'll have you back on to talk more about Thelma Lou as you move forward. And um, we didn't really even talk about your sensitive Santa, but you are a mover and a shaker. And <laughs> we're so proud to be a part of your tribe. And I didn't mention this before, but here's something fun. Both you and Nancy share the same birthday. Mm-hmm. So we do. You, you, so that's always a fun thing for me that I'm not good at remembering birthdays. But when I when it's one of your birthday, I go, oh, it's the other one <laughs> too. Fellow like uh,
1: So that's you're, right.
2: You're, it's coming. It's coming sooner than we think. It's coming. All right. So much love to you. Please give Connor a hug from us as well. Okay, we'll do, and we'll see you sometime in the future. Thank you, you Carrie. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, So Nancy, uh, what a fun, inspirational show this was. Very inspirational,
1: too. Very inspirational people. Hopefully, our viewers enjoyed uh, hearing from them and hearing about their journeys, and maybe got some good tidbits along the way to use in their own life to empower themselves, which is what we aim to do here on Let's Talk Autism with Shannon.
2: And And I just want to end, you know, I'm obsessed with movies right now. And um, months, months, months ago, when it first came out, I watched Coda. Uh, C O D A. It's one of the best picture nominees. And uh-huh. it's on Apple TV. And I okay. watched it and I raved about it. I said it was absolutely amazing. And my husband just watched it before we recorded this show and was so emotional. He was like, he, he was like, Oh babe, you told me it was good, but I had no idea it was good. So I'm just telling everyone. It reminded me to tell Coda. you C-O-D-A. watch Coda.
1: C O D A.
2: Yes. And it's Coda stands for Child of Deaf Adult. OK, So um, it's about disability. It's about parenting with disability. It's about kids with disability. It's about how we feel about ourselves. It's brilliant. Go watch Coda. It's on Apple TV. Okay. All right. Great. We're going to be back next week. Big shows next week. I don't have my lineup in front of me, but big shows next week. We can't wait to see you guys. We're gearing up. We're getting closer. It's about to be uh, March. And then you know what happens after that. We're, we're trying to tear the roof off of it for April, Nancy. Okay. Uh, we're, we're having a good time finding, uh, you know, plugging in all the guests that we're going to have. So we'll be back on Monday. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me. And give yourselves
1: a hug from me. Bye-bye for now.
2: Bye-bye. If you found anything helpful in this video, please give us a like. In fact, make sure that you smash that subscribe button on YouTube and give us a like on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram for important updates. And please download our free podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.